Salesflare and this is Founder Coffee. Every two weeks I have coffee with a different founder. We discuss life, passions, learnings in an intimate talk getting to know the person behind the company. For this 11th episode I talked to David Hensel, co-founder of MaxCDN and now TaskDrive. In his previous life he was delivering content faster to web visitors and now he's helping companies to find the right leads. David is German and used to live in the US, but is now living on a warm Turkish beach. He's very much into mission-driven businesses and managing happiness, and even maintains a blog and podcast about the topic. We chat about how he manages his own happiness, how he builds companies with a mission and vision behind them, and why the right mindset is the most important thing you can have. Welcome to Founder Coffee. Hi David, it's great to have you on Founder Coffee. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to be here. You are uh, mostly known as founder of MaxCDN, but now working on uh, on TaskDrive. Uh, for those who don't know these companies yet, what what do they do? So MaxCDN is a content delivery network. We make websites faster. We started MaxCDN in 2009 mm-hmm. and sold it early, no, two years ago actually, um, to a company called StackPath. And TaskDrive is a lead research business. We do, we find B2B leads for companies that do outreach. Yeah. Outreach. Okay. So is it, is it like email, email leads or? Yeah, it's, it's email leads. It's, um, but it could, could be anything. It could be from somebody who is running an SEO campaign and wants to find places where you can get backlinks from or somebody who's looking for affiliates. Yeah. We basically have a... a Pretty large team of researchers that can find you anything that is hard to find. Yeah. Okay. How 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 did you actually get into that? Like you, how did you get into actually MaxCDN at first? Mm-hmm. Um, and how did that then evolve in the end to uh, working on Task Drive? Okay, I'll, I'll give you my my background very compressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm originally from Germany, and I was I've always been an entrepreneur. School was never really my thing. I went to 14 different schools. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was a trouble student. Mm-hmm. And then I found this entrepreneur thing, which worked really well for me. I had um, um, an IT business in Germany where we were maintaining the in-house service of local businesses. Mm-hmm. And then one of my um, customers was uh, the biggest importer and manufacturer of hookahs, you know, Nagide, like water pipes, Arabic water pipes. Mm-hmm. And he was very persistent, pushing me to open up a store for him. And this worked really, really well. So I had to stop my IT business and, um, you know, sell stuff online. Mm-hmm. But my, my big dream was always to move to America and have a business there. Why was that? Yeah. Um, I, I always liked the, first of all, I always... Loved LA. I was there when I was 19 for the first time and I kind of mm-hmm. fell in love with the city. And then I was always fascinated by startups. And back then when I made this decision, there was no real big startup scene in Germany or, or in Europe. Mm-hmm. And so I was very drawn to, to go to, to the West Coast in America. Yeah. So I sold my e-commerce business, which gave me enough money for my investor visa to move to the States. Mm-hmm. And... Um, then we we founded MaxCDN and ran it for for eight years mm-hmm. and um, was a very 
personal moment for me. My my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. And mm. knock on wood, she's she's doing good today. But back then this really threw me off to make me reconsider everything. I basically thought of me on my deathbed, looking back at my life, thinking, did I do what I was supposed to do? Did I have the impact I want to have? And you know, basically will I will I die with regrets, basically. And um Max CDN was cool and all, was growing, was fun, but it was not really what I'm truly passionate about. Mm-hmm. So um, my business partners and I, then we decided it's it's a good move to to sell the business. Yeah, and we moved back to to Europe. My wife wanted to go back to Germany, but I couldn't get myself to move into a cold climate again. Mm-hmm. So uh, we moved to Bodrum, Turkey, which is on the same latitude as um, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So nice, nice and warm climate. Yeah. And then I was just, actually, I worked on a course called Managing Happiness, where we apply business principles to our family life. My wife and I figured this out mm-hmm. to, make, to make it easier for my wife to be married to an entrepreneur and um, released the course, but uh, I was still drawn back to business. So I started to mentor a few businesses mm-hmm. and consult with a few businesses. And one of the businesses was my old business partner's business called Task Drive. Mm-hmm. And um, which is the lead research business, and he he is kind of tired of it. He wants to focus on the stock market, so it was a good opportunity for me to to acquire this business. And we're we're almost done with um, with the acquisition process. Yeah, you you because you you mentioned that Maxian wasn't really your passion. You you do feel this with Task Drive. So I went through like a, I don't know, how, how do you call this? Like a soul searching journey in terms of really figuring out what I really want. And um, what it comes down to what I'm really passionate about is to help businesses or help entrepreneurs to succeed. Mm-hmm. This is why, you know, Task Drive is um, one one element of this. The, the purpose or the mission of the business is to make sure your team wins. So when we work with with our customers to make sure we set them up for success that they can um, grow their business. Yeah. So let's say you would work for Salesflare. What would you do exactly to to make us succeed? Well, focusing with with TaskDrive, the focus is on lead research. So we could find um, ideal customers for you. You know, we would analyze your ideal customer profile companies that have sales teams who are bigger than X, but not too mm-hmm. big because they probably would um, prefer like an enterprise enterprise solution. And um, then our researchers would find you the contacts that are relevant for you. And then you can reach out to these people and convince them to buy. Yeah. 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 So, so you're, you're actually delivering leads. Uh, how, 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 well, how do you differentiate this from, from other leads generation businesses? Because there's so many out there right now. Mm-hmm. So the things that make us unique is we provide dedicated researchers. Um, you know, they're, they're trained and dedicated to one customer. Okay. So they really understand the customer profile and um, they're not you know, working for random customers. We found that this makes it um, uh, much more effective. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that we always deliver you a project manager um, with that, that is managing the, the researchers. So it doesn't matter how many researchers you scale up to. Mm-hmm. You always have one one point of contact, and this contact, uh, this project manager also 
knows all our playbooks by heart. So the, the different yeah. ways how you can can find leads or you know stuff that works with other other businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have like somebody who can you can can brainstorm and come up with new outreach campaigns. And the third thing is that we focus on operational excellence. So we have a separate QA team and we have back office tools that make us more effective in terms of delivering high quality and good good output of leads. Yeah. So so I'm supposing you target slightly bigger companies with this. Yeah, so the the ideal focus uh, is companies who have a sales team of at least 10 reps. Yeah. Um this is what what works best for us. Yeah. Got it. But lately we we start to branch out into the SEO world, so focusing more on marketing teams for the um affiliate outreach and to find um to find good web pages that could um, drive backlinks to you or the article that you just published. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't fully defined what the ideal target market is there, but this is also working really, really well. Yeah, cool. Now, going back to your youth, uh, you mentioned that you were a troubled student and you did 14 schools. That was not because your family was traveling. That was because you... you... Uh, it was, was partly. We moved twice. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just... I didn't really, when I liked the teacher, then I had A's. And when I didn't like the teacher, then I had F's. And I showed the teacher I didn't like him, I guess. Yeah. So it was a, it was a bit about uh, feeling a passion and then you could do anything. But if you didn't feel it, then you couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. you know, when I dropped out of school, I discovered that I can just, I'm, I'm, I, I love to learn. You know, it's not that I, I don't like to learn. I'm yeah. a huge personal development geek. So I consume lots of books on, on random topics that mm-hmm. are of my interest. So I'm continu- constantly learning. I'm, I read minimum one book book a month. Yeah. Um, um, but I just want to be self-directed in terms of what, what I want to want to work on. Yeah. Not being forced. But you seem consistent in your choice in, uh, as to what you like, because uh, you've been working for many years on Maxidian, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's just uh, specific things that don't appeal to you. I I guess so, and it's not that I'm only doing stuff that I like. You know, often mm-hmm. you have to do like you know when you have like your your mission or your vision vision defined in your business or in, in your personal life. Yeah. Then sometimes you have to do things that really really suck, mm-hmm. but you know just drive you towards this this goal that you have. So yeah, it's not that I'm. Um, I want to avoid things I don't like, but they have to bring me towards the right direction. Yeah. yeah. Was there anyone who influenced you into going into entrepreneurship, uh, your your family or a friend or? Uh, a good friend of mine, he um, took me by the hand and showed me, that he, he used to freelance before uh, in mm-hmm. IT and we started this business together. He basically took me by the hand and said, hey dude, let's, let's do this together and um, this worked out great. That was the guy you started the IT business with. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still working together or was this? No, he's he's back in Germany. Um when I um I started the IT the e-commerce business, we we separated and I I focused on the e-com stuff. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever have a like a, a quote unquote real job then or was it always startups? No. <laughs> Never. Actually I feel 
I've, um, as a contractor, I did something for Lufthansa, like some rollout, IT rollout for yeah. uh, two, two months or something like this. But no, some I, kind I never, of on-site consulting job. Yeah, but I never really had a job job. Yeah, uh, so always into startups. Hmm. Yeah. Is is there any 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 like big founder that ever uh, inspired you that you look up to uh, that you say like this is a guy that uh, this is how I want to build my business? Mm, not not really. I think I admire what. Um, what Elon Musk does, for example, in terms of being so mission and vision driven. Mm-hmm. Um, or actually, I just read a book called Conscious Capitalism. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about it? Yeah, actually, my uh, my wife is into um, CSR and sustainability, co- corporate uh-huh. social responsibility and sustainability. Uh-huh. Uh, so she told me about it, yeah. I didn't read it myself, though. Yeah, the... the the idea of the book is that a business is the best vehicle to have positive change in the world. Mm-hmm. If you treat all the shareholders right, the yeah. traditional business is only focusing on, um, sorry, all you the mean stakeholders. 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 Yeah. Yes. No, the traditional mm-hmm. business is only focusing on the shareholders, increasing shareholders value. And um, other businesses are focusing on taking care of all sh- um, stakeholders like um, employees, customers, partners, um, suppliers, etc., and also the community and the planet. Mm-hmm. And um, the book shows that if you really take great care of all stakeholders, then your business will prosper more. And it's also just like, you know, feels, feels much better to, to focus on these, these things versus just focusing on money. I also think that money is just a side effect of providing value. Mm-hmm. If you provide as much value as possible to as many people as possible, then you'll be the richest corporation around. Yeah. So, yeah. So I really admire what um, the the Whole Foods founded it, for example, was the, the co-author of the book. Yeah. Is this something you've always uh, you've always had as a basis for your business, like looking at value, not so much at money, or is this something? Yeah. Yeah. I was. I, I was. Um, I never had any scarcity growing up. So I mm-hmm. was never really money driven. I was always just, I, I, I really like people, helping people, solving people's problems. This was always the thing that, that drove me way more than money. Yeah. This is kind of the, the, the passion part in, in building a business or. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, uh, how can I say? Start, building startups is kind of a, a way of life to, to help other people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if you're not helping other people with your startup, then then you probably will not be successful in the first place, and the startup will not be around for very very long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I totally agree. Yeah. What is it that you uh, are currently like uh, like in very concrete terms spent most of your time on? So when I um, I'm in the process of taking over the operations of the of, of Test Drive. Mm-hmm. And um, I basically reviewed all the processes that we currently have in place and optimized them. Yeah. So it's, um, I, I have an engineering background, even though I haven't really touched a server in a, in a very long time. But I like to build quote-unquote machines, like processes that work really well together, and then mm-hmm. always review them and tune them and review them and tune them. So um, I just, I'm pretty much done with it. So everything is running really well. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I implemented um, 
the entrepreneurial operating system into the business, which is something that is it's so simple and so amazing. I wish I would have had this in you know at Maxi and already. It's basically you know all the all the pitfalls that we that we fell into would have been avoided by following this this framework. And 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 what framework is this? It's called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. The website mm-hmm. is eosworldwide.com. Mm-hmm. And the books around this are Traction, uh, Get a Grip on Your Business. And no, yeah, one book's called Get a Grip and the other one's called Traction. Yeah. And this basically outlines how, how you run your business in a very effective manner. And is there any big takeaway that you could immediately share that we could apply and, uh, or is it, is it, only the thing as a whole that works i mean it's there's there's lots of tons of takeaways to it like one is how to figure out um your mission and your vision statement is one of them which we had like at, at, at max cdn we we started as net dna which was an enterprise focused cdn mm-hmm. but we didn't really have a differentiator we we're just like the light version of of an, an edge cast or an akamai um, and we're basically doing it for the money and we didn't really think about providing lots of value to people. We just like said, okay, we just make it a little cheaper and you know, this should work, but it did not really work. And then mm-hmm. we thought like, Hey, how can we, we, we thought about how can we provide real value to people? And back then CDN was something that only big companies could really afford because it was like a long-term commitments. You had to sign minimum 12 month contracts and it was, you know, at least several hundred dollars a month and not really affordable for, for, for a small startup. So we thought like, Hey, let's just make this an, a very frictionless, easy process to sign up and get started and to make it as easy to use as possible and as frictionless as possible for, for the user. And um, this really took off and we, we launched this under the MaxDN brand. So this mm-hmm. worked really, really well. But the, um, the thing that we messed up is we never wrote down that our mission is to um, get CDNs into the hands of everybody to make it as easy as possible to use. So we never wrote down a mission. We never communicated to new hires and the company grew and grew and grew. And we ended up running into 10 different directions. You know, the new, yeah, okay. the new VP of sales wanted to focus on enterprise and our head of engineering built like this crazy analytics platform that was good for a handful of customers, but the majority mm-hmm. of our customer had no use for it. You know, this all because we didn't really stick to our, our mission and vision. Yeah. So you started for a reason. Well, at least you 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 moved to a certain direction and then didn't stay with it because you didn't communicate this mission and vision correctly to everyone. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this is something that they they show you in the book how to define your mission and vision and how to communicate it to everybody mm-hmm. or to figure out um, if the right people are in the right seats or they show you how to run your meeting in the most effective manner. And it's really, I really recommend every entrepreneur has to read this book. Really life-changing. Yeah. I will certainly do so. It sounds interesting. It's uh, it's exactly where a lot of uh, started businesses fail, I think, on, uh, on really keeping the direction uh, and not tweaking it at some moment. Like going, going up market is a classic 
um, many companies see that there's mon more money up market and forget their initial goal of helping uh, small companies, making it accessible, easy to use, and all these kind of things. Mm. Um, and then you, you get lost, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also an amazing management tool. A friend of mine started Ring.com. Mm -hmm. They just sold to Amazon for over a billion dollars. Lucky him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, another friend of mine is running his development team for... Um, for AI um, um, in, in the Ukraine. And they just released a new product where you have uh, on, on the side of your house, you have a camera with floodlights. So when somebody walks past the, the lights go on for security, right? Mm -hmm. and their mission is to make neighborhoods safer. Yeah. And one of the engineers said like, hey, since we have a microphone in there and we have these lights, we could make the microphone listen to music and then <laughs> the lights flash to, to the music, right? And then my buddy said, like, dude, what the heck does this have to do with making neighborhoods safer, right? Yeah. So if you have a strong mission, vision, then you can, uh, it's, it's very easy for everybody to make the right decisions and not build stuff that is not really in line with, with what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. You need, to, you know where to go. Um, don't you think that is kind of the role of the, of the founders and the CEO also to put this direction and, and oh, absolutely like, um, the, um, Lance Crosby, the is, is uh, who bought our, our who bought Max CDN, um, mm -hmm. the CEO of, of Stackpath. He was also the CEO of Softlayer. They sold to um, IBM for two point some billion dollars. Mm -hmm. And he um, told me once that uh, a CEO has only three tasks. One is to preach the mission and the vision like a parrot to everybody on the outside world and everybody on, on the team inside, right? To constantly repeat it so everybody knows what, what you're about. The second thing is to make sure the company doesn't run out of money, make sure sales on track and, and yeah. that you raise enough funds. Mm -hmm. The third thing is to hire people who know what they're doing in the key positions and then leave them alone. You know, hire people who are much better than you in, in this area and then leave them alone, let them build a team and just like focus on KPIs and not be too much in the weeds. Yeah, makes total sense, I think. Which at, at Maxian, we were like very much in the weeds. And it uh, um, was a real wake-up call to see how he, he was managing the team. Mm -hmm. I, after the purchase, I was the chief marketing officer for, for the business. And while putting together the brand and the marketing plan, I always pulled him in meetings and asked him like, so, so what, you know, he, he sat through the meeting, said it's good, and then left. You know, and after the second time, I was like, dude, like, is it like, am I not doing this right? Or like, give, give me some feedback. He's like, no, you got this. Just I'll, I'll let you run with it. You know, it was like very eye-opening cool. for me to, to be able to let go that much and let somebody else run this. Yeah. Were you the CEO before? Or? No, at, uh, at MaxDN, I was um, running product and marketing. Product and marketing. Okay. Cool. Now, talking about uh, work-life balance, because you touched this before, um, you, uh, you actually, um, how can I say, you, you talk about this actively. What are exactly the things you advise to people in terms of work-life balance? So, um, what my wife and I have put together is, it's called Managing Happiness. You can mm -hmm. find it under managinghappiness.com. And the idea is that you apply business principles to your family life. When um, we had the idea, when my I came home after a meeting uh, about roles and responsibilities at Maxidian, 
and my um my I was sitting on, on my couch with my daughter and my wife and my daughter needed a diaper change. And I pointed this out to my wife saying, like, hey, did you see Emma has a full diaper? And my wife yeah. was really upset that I told her basically to, to change the diaper um, and didn't do it myself. And I thought like, hey, why are we fighting about this? Uh, why, uh, you know, I'm, I'm totally happy to do it, but I didn't know that it's my turn this, this second right now, right? At mm-hmm. 8, 8 p.m. On a, on a Tuesday, it's, it's this my turn now. And then I thought, okay, let's uh, sit down and talk about our roles and responsibilities in the relationship. And um, by doing this, all these unspoken expectations went away. And this really el- eliminates the majority of our, our, our friction in the relationship. Yeah. So and concretely for this case, how do, you, how do you manage this now? Is there somebody responsible for the diapers or is there oh, somebody? She, she, she's not in, in, in diapers anymore, but it's just like, you know, we, we just divide up the 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 areas of responsibility yeah, yeah. you know yeah but obviously but but someone does the diapers now and the other one doesn't or uh, so since there are no diapers anymore it's not the case but for no no uh, something say, else yeah with, uh, I bring my daughter to school in the morning my wife picks her up in the evening okay during, during the week my wife brings puts my daughter, daughter to bed and on the weekends I put her to bed you know so it's just like things um, and they're not really set in stone but it's it's nice to have like a, a a guiding framework so you know you, you don't have discussions about this like i'm too tired i don't want to do it it's just like okay yeah it's my, my task i'll do it yeah so you set clear responsibilities everybody knows this person does that the other does that you yeah. can jump in when there's any well when there's an issue or i don't know yeah what. when there's need or even if you want to do it then then you can do it you know so but the rest of the time it runs like a train kind of yeah, yeah building yeah. machines again right i guess yeah the german engineer in me that, that <laughs> yeah <laughs> You do the same in uh, building companies now? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. It's super important that there's clear roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. right? and also clear mission and vision statement for your personal life and for, for your business or clear core values. You know, when you, every time when you want to make a big decision, it makes sense to run through all your, your mission and vision and your core values and see if this is in line with what you want to do or who you want to be. Yeah. Right? It makes it much easier to, to say no to things. You know, I have a really hard time saying no. Uh, I always want to help and I always want to do everything and I always see tons of opportunity everywhere. But by, by doing this, it makes it much easier to, you know, to to say thank you for the offer, but I'm not interested because it's not aligned with what I want to do. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. More, more about work-life balance. How does your, uh, how does your day kind of look like and how do you, how do you keep work and life uh, balanced in essence? So, first of all, I think it's um, not the work. The word "work-life balance" is uh, not ideal because it always is. Uh, you know, you always have a tug of war between work and life. I think mm-hmm. it's better to say like work-life integration, and mm-hmm. to find ways how you can integrate your your work and in your life so it kind of fluidly runs together. So you know, it, it's it's all optimized and. You don't, um, ideally you set up in a way that you don't really feel the need for, oh, I need a vacation now. I think if, you, if you're doing it like this, then you're doing something wrong. You, when you need a break from your life, right? So the idea is that you um, have like a holistic view view on things. And in terms of structuring my days, I, um, 
in the morning I, I get up fairly early i do a quick yoga meditation routine mm -hmm. then i bring my daughter to school and then um i often go to the gym um have some some call i, I work from home right now which is very irritating for me in the beginning because i was yeah. always used to having lots of people around me mm -hmm. then i usually go to the the gym is in the hotel so i just hang out in in one of the restaurants in the hotel and um have a few calls there then have lunch and then come back work a little bit from home then my mm -hmm. daughter comes home and then i have a, f a blocked time um where i play with my daughter once she's coming out of preschool yeah for like two hours and um the big key thing for me because i have a hard time saying no mm -hmm. uh, you know if you would ask me to schedule this call at 3 a.m i'd say yeah sure let's do it right <laughs> not, or like even like you want to schedule this call during the time when i play with my daughter i would do that as well so i'm always using calendly and i have these these times yeah. blocked in my calendar so it's not only much more efficient in terms of finding a time but i'm, I'm i protect myself from myself by yeah. by doing these type of things and how does it then actually work when you're when you're um, a CEO or a founder? Uh, isn't your job partly to say no to things? Oh yeah, but it it becomes very easy when you say no to things based on your your values and oh your okay vision, your vision got it. It's like my, my tool to always run it through, and then it's it's very easy to say like hey, thanks but no thanks. But you could you could apply the same to your life and say yes, uh, yeah. My of my course. mission and vision is uh, that I also need to sleep and. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that that's also something you have to always see see it holistic. So, what uh, what I do is I have in my when I do my daily planning, I have my roles spelled out. So my my roles I'm I'm a father I'm a spouse, um, I do task drive I do LTV plus and I have to also do personal growth and self care. So when mm -hmm. I plan out my day um or my week i always take these things in consideration make sure like oh i actually you know haven't done anything for personal growth in in, in a while or self-care like going to the gym or mm -hmm. working out so I'm, i make sure that i schedule these things into my my routine uh, my, my day yeah you because, you mentioned no tell me yeah it's uh i'm a i've if I don't do this, then I focus 100% on work and I forget everything else around, around me. So that's mm -hmm. a very healthy thing for me to always remind myself like, okay, I have to do these things as well to stay productive, healthy and happy. Yeah. I think, I think many entrepreneurs have the, same, uh, have the same issue if they don't actively block off moments to do certain things or um, because you're working for a passion. So you're, you're very involved into what you do. Yep. Um, I remember before I was, uh, I was, uh, building my own business that I could very easily, uh, flick the switch at the, at a certain time and forget about work. Uh, but that's not really, uh, the same anymore since I have my own business. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It never really stops in, in this regard. What helps me is to leave the distractors away, like not to have my phone, mm -hmm. you know, when I want to spend quality time with my, my wife or my daughter. Because if I have my phone there, then I get a Slack message or something like this. And then my brain drifts full force back to work and thinking about solving this issue or whatever it is. And I want to be present with my, you know, spend quality time with people. Yeah. So this is something that, that helps me to, um, to, to keep these things away. And 
or when I spend time with my wife, we often go to the gym together or we go for a run and do yoga together because after you exercise, then your mind is kind of clean and you can, it's, it's easier to it's true. spend quality time together. Yeah. It's true. I also just started running again and uh, you can really feel the difference of uh, exercise and then the, the time you have after that. It's really nice. And also I really, I have the, the best ideas or I solve the most issues when, while running or after yoga, when my mind is like completely relaxed at, at free flow state. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- yeah. For me, it's really necessary to, to solve hard issues. Yeah. You mentioned you're uh, you're located in Bodrum in Turkey now. Mm-hmm. Um, are you then working remotely for Task Drive, or how does that yeah, work? Yeah, we, we work remotely. We have a an office in the Ukraine and office mm-hmm. in India, and um, also a few people in Serbia. Mm-hmm. And for for clients and for conferences, I I travel to the US on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. So you're basically doing everything uh, kind of remotely alone, kind of from Turkey. Yes, correct. I mean, you know, nowadays with video calls, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, true. Where we are. And with Maxine, we also had an office in, in Belgrade, Serbia, one in the Philippines, uh, headquartered in LA, then also an office in, in Vegas, and mm-hmm. uh, also a team in the Philippines. So it was always, it doesn't really matter where people are. Yeah. Are there any other uh, startups in Bodrum or is it uh, just you on the beach? <laughs> it's just me on the beach. I haven't, really <laughs> found, haven't found that. There's some, some guys do like um, Bitcoin mining and stuff like this, but no real, real, real startups. Only in the, in the summertime, most yeah. um, wealthier Turkish families have always have their summer houses in Turkey. So in the summer, lots of entrepreneurs come over. And in Istanbul, there's, there's quite a startup scene. Cool. Wrapping up a bit, uh, what's the latest good book you've read and why did you choose to read it? Uh, you told me already about conscious capitalism. Is there any, any other one? I don't read books anymore. I only listen to them. Yeah, okay. So uh, which one did you listen? Okay, so the last books, I, I just re-listened to The Four Agreements, mm-hmm. which is on the top three list of the books that influenced me the most in my life. And why is and that? Highly recommend it. Um, so the, the four agreements talks about the agreements that you make with yourself. Um, they have an example in the book in the beginning, a mother comes home from work, had a terrible day at work, has a crazy migraine and her daughter is jumping on the bed and singing. And the mm-hmm. singing makes her migraine go worse. And she loses her cool and yells at her like, you have a terrible voice. Nobody wants to hear you sing. Stop singing. Right? And then this girl makes disagreement with herself that she has a bad voice and um, never sings again and even has a hard time speaking up in public. Mm-hmm. It's because she has made disagreement with, with herself, right? And same thing if you make disagreement with yourself, like, hey, I can't be good with numbers, so I can't do this or can't do that. Um, then this sticks with you. My, my favorite quote by Henry Ford is, whether you think you can do it and whether you think you cannot do it, both times you're right. Right? Yeah. So I think that's um, a real big mindset thing. And another aspect in the book for with the agreements is that often we have conflicting agreements in our minds. For example, I want to be the world's best dad and I also want to be the world's best entrepreneur. These things don't fly together. And you'll always have conflict in your mind. And if you come to terms with what you actually want to do, 
then everything becomes much easier. And it's, it's, it's a very short book, but it's really, really packed with uh, amazing personal development tips. So highly recommend it. Yeah, nice. If you were to uh, start over as an entrepreneur, uh, what would you have done differently? I would have implemented um, Traction. It's another book I recommend before, Traction, by mm -hmm. the, the US um, entrepreneurial operating system. I would implement this as soon as humanly possible in every business. And what is the, what is the main premise of Traction? Oh, it's like, it's, it's a whole system, how to run your business, how to, how to run meetings, how to define mission, vision, values, how to pick the right people for the right seats, etc. So it's like a holistic view of, of running a business. Okay. Finally, uh, what's the best piece of advice you ever got? Hmm. It's going to sound very hippie. But uh, <laughs> uh, my yoga teacher once said that every decision in life you either make out of love or out of fear. And if you make decisions out of love, you're on the right track. If you make them out of fear, you're on the wrong track. For example, let's say in sales, I want to sell you a product. Um, if I sell it out of love, then I sell it because I know it's a good product. And I know that this product um, solves the issues, right? It's, it's, it's good for you then you will feel my intentions that I'm selling out of love and you're more likely going to buy it. It's going to be very easy to sell that way. Same thing we talked before you recorded, we talked about being introverted, right? If you act out of, uh, out of um, fear, you always get blocked. If you act out of, act out of love, then, then things become much easier. So back to the sales example, if I sell out of fear and my motivation of selling is because I want to make the money to pay my mortgage or my um, VP of sales holds me accountable to hit certain numbers. If this is the motivation why I'm selling this, then you'll sell out of fear and the other person will also feel this and selling will become much harder. Or yeah. back to the introvert thing, if you have to give a presentation and you give this presentation out of fear, you're going to deliver a very shitty presentation, right? If, you, if, you, if your predominant thought in your mind is fear and you think about like, how am I perceived? What do people think about me, et cetera? But if you turn it around and you do this presentation out of love because the things that you're going to tell this audience will help this audience to do X, Y, Z better, then it becomes a whole different ballgame and you can actually deliver a much better presentation. Cool. So, That's great advice. That's my Thank you again, David, uh, for being on Founder Coffee. Uh, Thank you for having me. It was fun. That's it for this episode of Founder Coffee. We hope you liked it. Let the world know if you did. Thanks for listening, guys.